Morning. What? <laughs> if the angels were there, I'd wear an angel's hat. You know, the choir did sing a really good song. They'll, they'll know we are Christians by our love. Right? <laughs> so one of the joys uh, and struggles of being pastor is I'm a human being, and there's a lot of emotions that I go through with you throughout a week, joys and sorrows. And still find Christ somehow in the center of all that. Steve Birchfield uh, wanted me to read this to you. He said, it's with a heavy heart that I share the news of the death of my son Samuel Birchfield. On Wednesday night he passed away unexpectedly, suddenly, and tragically. So it's our prayer, it's our hope, and our belief that he resides now in a place where he's surrounded in love and peace with our Lord Jesus. If you feel you want to honor Sam, hug and kiss your children and tell them that they are loved no matter what. You can do that right now if they're still here. So, here's the deal. So, last Sunday afternoon, we had a great fall fest, right? It was a great night, if you were there. We had a, hundreds of people. Tons of people helped out. It was great. We rocked it, and uh, what a great night it was. And uh, we had a great golf tournament yesterday, and so many people made that happen. So, another good couple of joys. And yet, then, in the midst of a golf tournament and a Fall Fest, there's the news of Sam Birchfield, and then between the end of the golf tournament and the golf banquet, we were able, Don and I were able to head over to the Gudzuna's home and celebrate, celebrate, celebrate and remember Vic's life lived well. Uh, and I know Gatoto's lost her sister, and there's just so many things going on. And so today, uh, we're taking a break from piecing life together, so to speak and talking a little bit about stewardship. Uh, but this isn't about fundraising. This isn't about money. This is about discipleship. In the midst of a life that just keeps going like this, right? So that's, that's where we're headed this morning. Uh, how about a little bit of scripture? Let me read some scripture and pull some key nuggets out. And then a little bit of teaching and hopefully a little bit of inspiration. That's where we're headed. Does that sound good? That's kind of the plan. I hope I can make it through. Uh, I'm a little emotional today too, Shannon. It's just that kind of day. So let's go to the Word this morning. Uh, we're going to take a look at a text from, that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. What you need to know about the church in Corinth is 
it was not decently in order. It was a mess. They just kind of did whatever they wanted. It was the wild, wild west, but it was in Corinth. And they just had all kinds of issues. They didn't know how to worship well together. They didn't know how to get along well together. They just didn't know how to do together. There was no love. In fact, love was just so many different definitions. It was just it was craziness. So Paul writes uh, two that we know of, and there was probably a third, perhaps even fourth letter, but we have two of them. So let me read a, a little text out of here and pull. There's one phrase I'd like to pull out, and it's 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 12. It goes like this. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Okay, so if you plant a little, you'll get a little. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. If you uh, plant a lot, you'll probably receive a lot. Each of you, that's each of us, should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Those are great words. And here it is. For God loves a cheerful giver. Was anybody cheerful last night? I don't know what inning it was, but I got home just in time to see that inning. Was anybody cheering? So if we cheer for that, let's cheer for what God does through God's kingdom, through God's people, through our money. You know? Wow, you guys are like clapping. That's cool. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need... And most of us have all that we need. Not all, I understand that. Not everyone can do what we're going to talk about here this morning. I totally get that. But most of us have all we need. And you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their seeds to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies Seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us, your, and these are great words, your generosity, so notice, enrichment, generous, generous, generosity results in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it's also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. So that's the text in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse, chapter 9, verses 6 through 12. Okay, another text, 1 Timothy. There's quite a bit here. Let's go to 1 Timothy. In the sight of God, who gives life to everything, and of Christ Jesus who, while testifying before Pontius Pilate, made the good confession. That's a great line right there. In fact, if I was going to write a book someday, it might be entitled The Good Confession. There's something good about that? I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there's something happening right here in these verses about the centrality of the work of Christ in our life doing something transformational which God will bring about in his own time. God the blessed and only ruler, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. By the way, who's the king of kings in your life? Who's the Lord of lords in your life? Is it your money or is it God? 
who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one else has seen or can see. God is mysterious. To him be honor and might forever. Amen. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth. Where do we put our hope? Market? Yeah, we do. Or God. We do there too, but we're conflicted. Let's just be honest. Which is so uncertain. But to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. So notice the flow in this text, because I'm going to emphasize this uh, for the rest of the time this morning. There's something happening here. There's, there's gratitude that leads to generosity, and now we're going to get tipped off to something different. Timothy. That was fun. Let me just do that again. Timothy. Oh, yeah. Let's go for three. Let's do that again. Timothy. Oh, yeah, very good, because there's, there's one here and some, one somewhere else. I don't know. Isn't it interesting that he, that he called Paul writing to Timothy, calls him Timothy. And let me draw this out for a moment. Paul's all about mentoring. Paul's older in age than Timothy. Paul's all about leaving a legacy to Timothy. Paul's all about, I've created a path. Timothy, your job now, follow into it. Lean into it. Don't forget it. I mean, the whole notion of the kingdom of God is about Jesus that pours his life into 12. Jesus goes away, and these 12 transform the world. Paul follows in the exact same steps, right? There's this marvelous pathway of the generations to follow. It's about leaving legacy in every respect. Faith, family, finances, tradition. That's why Paul calls Timothy, Timothy here. So he says, Timothy, guard what, ha guard what has been entrusted to you. In other words, I'm giving you the keys to the car. I threw my keys on the pew. Here's the keys to the car. Here's the passwords <laughs> to the bank accounts. Your turn now to be a steward. But it's this word, guard it. Guard it. It's entrusted to you now, and this is a good thing to celebrate. It's in your care. It's in your stewardship. Turn away from godless chatter and the opposing ideas of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and in so doing have departed from the faith. I don't know if I can read this whole line. Grace be with you all. The reading of God's Word. Okay, so there's quite a bit in there. Uh, let me pray for us. And then we're going to move from text 
through a little bit of instruction, and then hopefully inspiration. Sound good? Loving and holy God, there's two things you never talk about. Money and religion and pol- three. Money, religion, and politics. <laughs> and we're going to probably talk about all three. What? Because if you can't talk about those in church, we are in trouble. So drive deep. Drive deep our gratitude and thanksgiving for the work that you have done in our life. And when we've experienced it over and over and over again and it has tilled the soil of our heart, may it lead each and every one of us to be as generous as our life situation and circumstance will allow so that the Timothys in our midst will be blessed. Because on the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation, that's just how you roll, God. Amen. Okay, information. Some of you are into information. I love information. That doesn't mean it's transformation, but it's usually a good start. <laughs> so I don't know if you know this or not, but outside of the church, so uh, there's 1.5 million nonprofits in the world, outside of, or in the United States, outside of the church. 1.5 million, and, and everybody's doing fall banquets right now. There's a lot of causes, initiatives, the whole deal is really kind of overwhelming, and there is a phraseology that I like to talk about, which is called compassion fatigue. Human beings can only take so much. The other interesting notion that's happening in our cultural context today is, especially among mainline churches, brand loyalty is gone. You know, the days, I can remember as a, as a tiny, as a tiny, as a little boy, moving from Palatine, Illinois, to Barrington, Illinois, and my folks were Lutherans. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, okay. I thought I saw your silhouette over there. I wasn't, at least, thanks for listening, right? So one of the first things you do is when you move from town to town in the 60s is if you're Lutheran, you find a Lutheran church. One of the first things you did as a Presbyterian and you move from town to town is you find a Presbyterian church, right? Right? That happens today, right? Wrong. So there's this interesting dynamic, you know, that we're all, uh, in a sense, faced with. A lot of changes. And yet God calls us to be stewards of what belongs to God. Should I say that again? God calls us to be stewards of what belongs to God. In other words, I don't own anything and neither do you. That's truth. Hashtag truth bomb. God calls us to be stewards of what already belongs to God. Hashtag truth bomb. We're called to be stewards. We're not called to be bankers. We're called to steward. We're not called to be hedge fund managers. We're called to steward those things that always or already belong to God. Somebody say amen. Okay, good. 
So what is stewardship? Stewardship, and there's a lot of ways to talk about it, but it's the use of our money that belongs to God. Assets, time, abilities, buildings, property, to be used as a tool for gospel good and not to become the tool of an institutional idol. So we move from line items in budget sheets to stories of transformation. I'd like to see us do a little bit more than that. Some of this is vision casting and aspirational on my end as your pastor. There's also a move that that moves from church-centric giving to giver-specific passions. We've got to create room in the way in which we steward ourselves to allow for more passions of individuals to step up because there's no room for them right now. And here's one that I really like, and I've just been making these up all week as I think about it. Let's move from a narrative of scarcity to a narrative of abundance. Because God's given us everything that we need to fulfill our ministry and mission right in this place. Right to here, right now, today. It's probably going to look different, but it's here. Because you are. Collectively, we're all here. Collectively, we can all do it. Now, stewardship is different than charity. Check this out. Stewardship is costly. Stewardship recognizes that I don't own anything and God owns it all, so I, we, steward what belongs to God's. We don't take over for God and say we're going to out-God God. We're going to allow God to be God, and we're going to steward as the Spirit of God leads us to move. Big difference. That's why stewardship is costly. It's costly because it comes from first fruits. It's costly because it comes before we pay any of our other bills. It's rooted in a generous and grace-overflowing, hospitable God that takes care of the orphan, the widow, widow, I almost said window, Widow, poor, and alien among us. Among us, Stewardship is from our first fruits. It's from the deep number one priority of our individual and communal heart. Charity, on the other hand, is based on convenience. Charity is, if I have a surplus, you get it. Stewardship is, it all belongs to God, I'm giving it to God first. Huge, dang it, sorry, difference. And it has other ways to express itself. And I've listed a few of them for you uh, in the rest of the notes on the front page. Uh, You want me to go through them? Or am I being too hard? I told you this is the information. Then I'm going to switch to inspiration. I promise. You see, here's what it, here's what stewardship looks like. It's the practice of it's the in practice. It's the movement from maintenance of legacy programs to everything that we do in the church is our mission. Because if you look at the book of order, the six great ends of the church is the mission of the church. Now you're like, some of you are like, what's the book of order, man? 
What are the six great ends of the church? Remember we did that sermon series called The Flow in the middle of the summer, and we went through these six great ends of the church. The maintenance of divine worship was one of them. Worship is the mission of the church. Worship is not a department that is just a tiny compartmentalized little place where we say that's general operating. No, that's not the book of order. The book of order says the church exists for six primary reasons. That's all the mission of the church. The cumulative nature of that is the mission of the church. If we go down to, oh, I just lost the name of the place. San Juan Capistrano. The mission in San Juan Capistrano. Anybody been there? Remember doing your, your children's sixth grade projects for them? When they had to do the mission thing? See, I've been listening. I've only lived here three and a half years, but I've been listening to all your stories. If you go down there and you check it out, it's beautiful, right? Have you, right? Okay, yeah. But you know what's funny about that is they don't have a children's department. They don't have a youth department. They don't have a mission committee department. They don't have pastor's offices. They don't have a stewardship or personnel. What do they have? They have the mission. Everything they do is the mission of the church. The mission of the mission is the mission. <laughs> true. Somewhere along the line, we got in our minds that we got all these departments, and some of them are regular operating expenses, some of them are, no, 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 no. You even, that's not Presbyterian. I'm just telling you the way it is. Don't shoot the messenger. So it's a fascinating time when we start talking about how do we, how do we organize or reorganize or structure or restructure what this thing might, in fact, look like. So you know, our, every, all of our activities are outward focused. And this is nothing new, but it's probably the day to just emphasize it again. In outreach, it's not about just club activities for the membership. It's fall fest. It's ping pong tournaments. It's, that's community life that flows from Jesus Christ at the center, outward focusing into the community. In worship, it's a move from performance to participation in what the Spirit of God is doing to enliven the Timothys, the generations that are coming. In, in relationships, it's, it's not we're open to you coming here as long as you be like us. In relationships, it's about come and we're going to all be changed. so much power in that one, that might even be one of my favorite ones, you know? Hang in there with me, and then we're, we're almost getting ready to switch over to inspiration. I promise. From preserving the past to unleashing the future, from fundraising, because that's not what we're doing here today. This is discipleship. This is deep discipleship. From obligation, or I have to, to gratitude. I, I really want to do this. I really, really truly want to do this. From limited resources, not enough, to generosity, abundance. From rainy day funds, need to save, to blessings, to pay the movement forward to Timothy and Titus and the generations to follow. So, that's some interesting information. You can do with it as you please. Some of you may start your fires later as the weather gets cooler. But you know what I want to really do today is talk about why I personally give. I just want to talk about why I, 
why I personally give. Studies show that uh, faith communities want to know that their leadership gives. And they actually really want to know how much leadership gives. Who said yeah? <laughs> really? All right, I'll tell you right now. I give $9,000 a year, and I'm reluctant to say that. And I don't that that's more than our, my 10%. You already know how much I make. It's typically a discussion every year. That was, that was cathartic. <laughs> so I want to tell you, that was extra. That wasn't in my notes, actually. Whoever said, yeah, we do, there you go. Here's why I give, friends. I, let me give you the three so that you get the flow. I give because I'm grateful to God for God's work in my life. All this other stuff, smoke and mirrors. Why do I personally give? I'm just going to tell you right now. I, I give because I'm grateful for what God has done in my life over the last 55 years. And I've experienced the generosity of God's people in my own personal life. And I'm going to tell you a couple stories that illustrate this. That I, I'll never be able to pay forward. We will never be able to pay that forward. But that doesn't mean our little tithe every year isn't significant. Because, and this is the third reason, because I'm grateful to God and I've experienced God's generosity through the people of God, I want to, uh, I personally want to be about blessing the Timothys. Because that's why the church exists. So let me back up, try to get a grip. Some of this will be dark, but it's good. So I, I've told you before, maybe not like this, but I, I grew up on the oldest of three boys, suburb of Chicago. I, Don and I had dinner with a good, great family on Friday night, and haven't really quite gotten over that dinner yet because it brought back memories of what it was like for me growing up. And I was thrilled to see a young man be in a home with a loving family. And it's not that my family wasn't loving, it's just we, we had really dysfunctional ways of expressing it. <laughs> Usually it was around performance and perfectionism. Um, so growing up for me uh, was a combination of, and I wrote down a few movies. Let me see if I can find them in my notes. Uh, and I'm going to date myself just a little bit, but you'll be okay with it. Growing up for me was a combination of these kind of movies. The Fast Times at Ridgemont High. <laughs> the Breakfast Club. By the way, depending on how much you like these movies, you feel free to clap. <laughs> tin Cup. Okay, Tin Cup fans here. Angels in the Outfield. And the Mighty Ducks. Okay, right? <laughs> so you get, you know, what you're getting in here is athletic, win at all costs, and party hard when the games are over. That's what I grew up with. 
it was it was it was kind of rough um, for all three of us boys. And then somewhere along the line, I don't even know how this happened. I can all I can say is God. Somehow I wound up in a Christian college in Minnesota. Uh, so I, I would say up until the end, we went to church every Sunday because we were good Lutherans. Uh, and God was, growing up in that, God, the holy other of God, the transcendent God, was really strong, but it wasn't a God that perhaps understood what it was like for me to be a human teenager growing up in the midst of the narratives of those kinds of movies. At least I hadn't experienced God that way yet. So I go to this Christian college because I liked it. The people were nice. And uh, immediately God started saying things to me. Not, I mean, I'm not crazy, but it, was, it wasn't audibles. But it was like, Tobe, you need this in your life. I'm like, what? So I got involved in a Bible study with the guys on the floor in my dorm. And it was October 19, well, today's about honesty. It was, it was 1980, because I don't want you to know how old I am. You already know that. You know everything about me. So 1980, I'm in this Bible study with a bunch of guys on the floor of my dorm. And I don't know what it was. You know what? It doesn't matter. I know we were studying the Bible. I know we were reading the Bible. And all of a sudden... In the midst of that, it was like God was sitting right next to me. Never had an experience like this before. I mean, I watched a lot of Ben-Hur growing up and felt warm fuzzies. But this was more powerful than that. And it was like, Tobe, I love you. I'm with you. Just say, yeah, man. Surrender to me. And it won't be as lonely and difficult and tough. Who wouldn't want to sign up for that? So I did. And I went into Bethel University now. I went into Bethel University. <laughs> I wanted to be a business major, make, make as much money as I could in two or three days a week, and play golf the rest of the time. That was my, those were my life goals. And I hadn't read a book yet, by the way. I'd never read a book through all the way, start to finish. I think I told you I graduated with a whopping 2.7. I might have exaggerated and told you it was a 2.9. It was really a 2.7. Because two nine is two seven's embarrassing. Two nine makes it somehow better. <laughs> and then I and then I meet this woman in one of my gal in one of my classes, and she's just looking at me the whole time. And no, we were we we exchanged glances, significant lengthy eye contact. And, and, you know, three children later. What I want to say to you is, I can't believe this is my life. I can't believe I've been able to pastor in Chicago and Minneapolis and Seattle and now here, and it's always an adventure wherever you go, but what a great life. I can't tell you, in that Bible study, it was just, Chaos, 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 loneliness, 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 anger, 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 fear, 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 and all of a sudden all I had to do is 
say, I'll, I'll sign up for this deal. I don't know what it means. And I, I can't tell you other than this. It, it was joy, joy, joy. It was life, life, life. It was forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. It was grace, grace, grace. Uh, something happened. So that's one of the reasons I give. Because I'm so grateful for that. And gratitude plus generosity, which is coming out of this Timothy text. I've ex- we've experienced the generosity of God in our lives in so many ways. Just meeting you all and, and being able to do life. I mean, who else gets to go to a fall fest and talk about a 20-year-old's death on the phone to a golf tournament to a reception for somebody that died tragically and suddenly back to a golf tournament to come home and make a couple phone calls and then get ready to preach and come do what I do on a Sunday morning. Who else gets to do that? I get to, I get to do that with you and you allow me to do that. I'm so grateful. What a great life. It often leaves my head spinning, but what a great life. <laughs> and we've experienced the generosity of God in our life. Like, I can't, I, it's hard for me to express, but today's about honesty. And you know I'm a recovering alcoholic. In 2004, I went to rehab, and I thought my life was over. I write about it in the book. Because it's easier to put it in a book than to stand in front of a group and Talk about it. I, I, I just couldn't quit drinking. Really? All this gratitude in my life, and I, now there's this thing. And so in 2004, I'm sitting in the meadows in Arizona where a lot of people actually go. And I was mad as a hornet because I wasn't the only alcoholic in my church. But that's all part of it. I had to just kind of deal with that. This wasn't about them, it was about me. So I show up for the very first day. I'm not going to tell you the whole story because it's still kind of embarrassing. Let me just say that my flight was late and I went to the bar in the plane because I thought, what the heck, what's one more round? You know, going to rehab, might as well. <laughs> my motto has always been go home, go big or go home. So the fl- flight got delayed. It's not really funny, but... Kind of is, maybe. So anyway, I, I go to rehab. I'm completely out of it. And my best friend took me, met me at the airport. He had to know I was pretty out of it. He, we held hands. Because I was scared. Kind of like I am right now. Drop me off, give me a hug, and I had to go in. And anyway, I go through the. I started in the back row because I was. Mad, that's how mad I was the very first day. You got to stand up and you got to say hi. My name's Toby, and I'm an alcoholic. So that was my task. That was like my big deal that day. This was my. I just got awarded my doctorate, by the way, same year. So, pastor of a church, doctor of ministry. This is what I have to do now. So I, I'm sitting in the back row. Everybody else goes around. I got to stand up. 
I got to say, hi, my name's Toby, and I'm an alcohol, and I thought I was going to faint. I literally started seeing stars. I put my hand on the back of the chair because I thought I was going down. And sure, I mean, I didn't feel it, but I kind of felt it. Just his hand pulled me back up. And uh, I couldn't believe that. Uh, that was God. I didn't do that. That's what I'm saying. I was there 32 days. It was $1,000 a day. I didn't pay for it. I didn't even have to pay it back. Some generous person. This was harder than I thought. Some generous person in the church did it. Oh, man. Is it really that bad? Can you turn the Facebook feed off? I don't want any recordings. Some generous person in the church paid for it. This packaging sucks. So I've experienced with a deep, profound gratitude the gratitude of God at work in my life and the generosity of God's people. And I see it here too. It's not just about me. But today it is about me. I'm just telling you why I give. And I also give because I truly want to be a blessing. I, wanna, I want other people to experience God through joy. And it's not like I'm like Mr. Joyful Guy here, obviously. <laughs> And struggle, because God's in the midst of all that, right? I mean, it is kind of ironic. The other thing I discovered, yeah, this thing sucks. You work on that, I'll use this. You know, we all got stories. I was t uh, the other thing I found out Friday night, which is another reason I'm crying, because I got grounded a lot when I was a kid. <laughs> I mean, all three of us, we all got grounded, right? That's what I'm saying. It was that kind of growing up experience. And I don't think I deserved any of it. And Dawn's like, I, don't, I never got grounded. And it really bugged me. We even went home after dinner, and I looked at her, and I go, Honey, did you really, honestly, never get grounded? She goes, No, I don't think I did. I go, That just blows my mind. So in God's cosmic, mysterious humor, we're, some, we're together? That's what I'm grateful for, you know? So you know, guys, friends, I could go on for a long time, but what I want you to know is I give, these, these, are the, these are the reasons I give. I'm just grateful. I'm blown away. What a generous surprise, a generous surprise that God has ever showed up in my life. And, I'm ex and because of that, the generous God, I've experienced it personally. And I know many of you, have this is probably your story too, just change the details. And who doesn't want to be a blessing to those who are coming behind us? Who doesn't want that? Should I tell one more story? It's a good one. It's not about me. I'm, I can't make it through another story about me. And you know what? I don't want your sympathy. It's not about that. It's not because it, it's not about that. What this is is this is about what God does in the life of a person. That's what it's about. 
It's not about my story or your story. It's about this is what God does to never, ever, ever give up on any single human being, period. Right? It's your story, too. So there's this four-year-old kid. I forgot his name. You guys have me shaking this morning. Uh, Josh Williams, four-year-old kid. He's driving through the streets of Miami. And uh, his grandfather and his mother are in the car with him. I think they may have been going to church if I remember the details right. His grandfather gives him 20 bucks. Four-year-old kid's got 20 bucks. That's a pretty big, that's ching, right? That's some serious coinage. So he's sitting there in the back seat with his newfound $20 bill that was just given to him. How can I spend this? What can I do with my $20 bill? We got... Well, we have, we have kids, too, that would have it. I've spent 20 bucks before I've even gotten it, often. <laughs> I make it a regular habit. So, but the, here's this four-year-old kid, gets 20 bucks from his grandfather. The kid's in the back seat. What am I going to do with my 20 bucks? What am I going to do with my 20 bucks? And they're driving to church, and this, this Josh, Joshua Williams sees a homeless guy on the side of the street. And he yells to his mom who's driving the car, stop, stop. Mom puts, pulls the car over, stops. He jumps out, like four-year-old, jumps out of the car, runs over to the homeless guy and gives him the 20 bucks. Four-year-old, Josh Williams. I don't know what happened there, but he, he understands God at work in his life and he knows what it means to be generous. And he wants to be a blessing somehow. He went on to start his own, Joshua Williams, uh, the Heart Foundation. He, the kid's only, he's in his mid-teens right now. He's got really big, it's, he's so, he should be out riding his bicycle, right? And throwing baseballs at a brick wall down an alley. Skinning his knee when he wipes out on his two-wheeler. That's what, that's what this kid should be doing, but he didn't. He started his own nonprofit, and you're going to love this. He hired his aunt. He brought his aunt in to be a part of this new heart foundation because his goal now was to just give meals to the homeless in Miami. And Florida is one of the poorest states in the country. Oh my gosh. I got to make this really fast. I am so sorry. It's almost 11 o'clock. I'm trying. I just totally forgot where I was in the story. Oh, yeah. So he brings his aunt in. He brings his aunt in to help him start and run his new operation. His aunt didn't really step up to the plate. He fired her. He, let it, he fired his aunt. Then his mom came in because she saw that the aunt wasn't doing the job. Mom came in to help out. Mom didn't meet his expectations either. He fired his mother. He fires his aunt, he fires his mom, he brought in another family member, and they were honored in 2010 uh, at the White House. Today, they've helped, you know, you got to go look it up and get the newest details, but they've provided over half a million meals uh, for homeless folks in Florida, and he wants to branch out into other countries. That kid understands gratitude leads to generosity in order to be a blessing. That kid was asked... As a 12-year-old, if you were going to write a book, what would the title of your book be? 
They're asking him to write a book, and he said this. The title would be, What is Your Purpose? PPC, What is Your Purpose? To the degree that we have tasted the grace of God in our life, it will lead to generosity in order to be a blessing. We do desire to love all people to life in Christ, to be relational, to be relevant, to be bold. God love you. You know I do. Thanks for letting me. Whatever I did today, I'm not sure. Hopefully there was some aspect of information. You know what's going to happen later this week? I'm going for broke. I'm going big now, and we're not going home yet. If you haven't gotten in the mail, you're going to get a brochure. It's got, the, it's, it's got everything in here you need to know about a lot of things. Uh, and there's a pledge card in there. There's a way to prayerfully discern how you'll be a part of ministry and mission here. And let me say this again. I'm not doing fundraising right now. This is between you and God. This is about stewardship and discipleship. That's it. To the extent that Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord in your life, to the extent that you've tasted that that is good, be willing to be generous and a blessing. Give from our first fruits, not from what's left over. There is a difference between stewardship and charity. And let's see where God continues to take us in the months and years to come because. I'll tell you what, what I see around this place is we're in the throes of transformation, but it's the throes of transformation that you all believed God was leading you to many years ago, and it's, it's happening. It's not happening fast. God's, God's timing is rarely on time, but he's never, ever too late. I'm just going to leave it at that. Can we pray together? You know what? Somebody out there, lead us in a closing prayer. Just, just pray something from your heart. I don't care who it is. We don't really want you to go back to Maine. We want you to stay here.